Praise the Lord. Everybody happy this morning? Praise God. It's been such a pleasure to be with you. I tell you, guys, I don't know if you know it or not, but you're blessed with the worship here. You know, I I, I do travel uh, a great deal. That's uh, what we do full time. And because of that, I, I get to be in different environments with different worship teams and so forth. And, you know, uh, a lot of times it's just entertainment. But it's so beautiful when it's when it's actually worship, you know, and the presence of God is here. So thank you, worship team. Thank you for your your service. I know that the uh, uh, those of you who are here appreciate it. You have a beautiful voice, by the way. <laughs> I love to hear people worshiping God. Hey, guys, listen, we had a great time Friday night. We got a joy cup full. We talked about and gave you some principles on how to. Uh, uh, maintain joy and peace in life. And we've covered that many times, excuse me, here, uh, through the years. But it's always good to, to remind ourselves in the basics, right? Because that's where, uh, the rubber meets the road many times in the basics. And then last night we just talked about, uh, the significance of spending time in the presence of God. And that uh, we talked about the glory of God and what's resident within the glory, the nature and the multiple attributes of God. And by remaining under the influence of his presence in significant times, personally, corporately, there can be impartations, there can be traumatic effects in our life just from the presence of the Lord. Now, you know, over 30 years of ministry, you, you teach certain principles or certain messages at different times, but I always endeavor to listen to the Holy Spirit as to what I should bring when I go to a church. And so I believe the word that I'm going to share with you this morning uh, is ordained by the Spirit of God. I know that it will have a significance, specific significance maybe to some. And of course, we can all be encouraged uh, mutually by the Word of God. So are you ready this morning? I want to begin in Philippians chapter 3, uh, verses 13 through 14. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. These are the words of the Apostle Paul. He said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus. That's Philippians 3, 13 through 14. Uh, notice, Paul said, forgetting the things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are before. Uh, and I pray this morning that before this service is concluded, that each one of us will be able to embrace these words, that we will forget the things that lie behind. Of course, you know, celebrating and appreciating with thanksgiving all that God has done for us, in us, through us, but likewise pressing forward to the things that still lie ahead. And that our expectation personally and corporately uh, for the future would be raised to a higher level. You know, perhaps uh, for some, maybe the last 18 to 20 months and the unexpected events that unfolded, maybe for some it brought disappointment. 
Maybe for others, some perceived setbacks. Uh, I realize for some, maybe loss or sorrow. But once again, uh, let's redirect our gaze. Let's look to the future with a sense of expectation. You know why? Because God is still on the throne. Jesus is still Lord. And His plans and His purposes are still in process. In Genesis chapter 12, and I'm just going to give you a little history. I didn't give this to you, Daryl. In Genesis chapter 12, you'll remember that God spoke to Abraham, right? And he said, listen, I want you to leave Haran. I want to take you to a land that I will show you, and I'm going to make of you a great nation. How many of you remember that? And so, of course, uh, in obedience, he left his father's house. He left Haran. Uh, he took his nephew Lot with him, which wasn't a part of the original plan, but nevertheless, they both went. And in the process of time, God so blessed uh, their cattle, their sheep, their substance, that the land they were occupying simultaneously was unable to sustain both of them. So they had to part ways. Of course, Lot chose the plains of Jordan, and then God took Abraham up on a peak. And he spoke these words to him where he could see clearly. And and I love these words. Genesis 13, uh, verses 14 and 15. Genesis 13, verses 14 and 15. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. Northward, southward, eastward, westward, for all the land which you see, I will give to you and to your descendants forever. You know, sometimes we can make the mistake of focusing all of our attention on where we are and perhaps all the negativities that are associated with where we are at the moment, instead of lifting up our eyes and seeing where God desires to take us. God said to Abram, I need you to lift up your eyes now. I need you to redirect your gaze. I need you to enlarge your expectation because everything that you see, I will give it to you and to your descendants forever. And I believe that God is speaking that to some individuals in this room this morning. Maybe you're watching online. God is saying, look, I need you to lift up your eyes now. I need you to get your eyes off of where you are or perhaps where you've been and let me show you where I still desire to take you because the plan and the purpose is still in process. Whoa, somebody should shout right there. Turn to your neighbor and say it's time to look up. Get your hope renewed. Get your expectation rekindled. So this morning, let's redirect our gaze personally and corporately, and let's look to the future with a sense of determination, knowing that if God be for us, who can be against us? Who can be our foe when God is on our side? Can you say amen? And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning uh, and encourage every one of us personally and corporately, particularly in the times in which we're living, and that is to stay on the winning side. Stay on the winning side. You know, in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, uh, God speaking to the prophet Jeremiah, he said, before uh, you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you, and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. 
That tells us that before a Jeremiah was ever formed in his mother's womb, before she ever gave him a name, God knew him. God had a divine purpose for his life and for his existence. And the same reality holds true for you and me as children of God. Before we were ever born or conformed in our mother's womb, he knew us. And he had a plan and a purpose uh, for our existence. Uh, Over in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, you've heard this verse many times. Of course, the context of this verse is God speaking to the children of Israel, who at this time were in Babylonian captivity. It appeared by all natural aspects and circumstances that were surrounding them that his God's plan and purpose and destiny for them as a nation would never come into fruition. But it was in that place that God spoke to them and he said, look, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. And they are plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Another translation, and I didn't give this to you, Daryl. I'll get to the message in a moment. But another translation says, I alone know my purpose for you, says the Lord. It is your welfare that I have in mind, not your undoing. For you, I have a destiny and a hope. And then, of course, my favorite, uh, or it seems to be, is in the Message Bible. God said, look, I know what I'm doing. I've got it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future that you hope for. And if he spoke those words to his servants, how much more? For his sons and his daughters. Uh, It doesn't matter how young or old. He said I know what I'm doing. I got it all planned out. Plans to take care of you. Not to abandon you. I don't know about you. That's very comforting. And then in Ephesians chapter uh, 2 and verse 10. Paul echoing these same realities in the New Testament. He said we are his workmanship. Notice, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now now watch this. Which God prepared when? Beforehand that we should walk in them. Now the Amplified Bible, and I'll just quote it to you. It says this, and it's not up on the screen, but I'm going to quote it to you. Taking paths which he prepared, right here, everybody's look at me, it's not up there, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Are you listening? Now, now, notice that terminology. Good works which he prepared beforehand, taking paths which he prepared beforehand, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Right? So that tells us what, man? From all these scriptures, we can see God does have a plan. He does have a purpose. He does have a divine intention uh, for our lives. Right? And according to these scriptures, they're good paths, they're good plans, they're good purposes. So I can say, and we can say boldly, as a believer this morning, as a church and as a people, that our best days are not behind us. 
They're still ahead of us. The devil will try to tell you, oh, your best days are behind. Well, you say, Brother Marty, how in the world can you make that kind of statement? You don't know what I'm facing at this moment. Friends, I make it on the basis and the authority of the Scripture. Because Proverbs 4.18 says, The path, what path? The one that he prepared. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter until it reaches its full strength uh, in, and glory in the perfect day. So here's what we know. If you and I, as children of God, will follow God closely, if we will seek His wisdom, if we will listen for His counsel, and if we will uh, implement his plan, then all will go well with us. Now, it doesn't mean there won't be resistance to the plan. Strategies of the enemy to subvert the plan. But our testimony and our declaration is no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And we will come to our expected end. Now, you and I, because you're well taught here, we understand as men and women of faith that it is very important all along this journey in life, this path, this plan, that we stay in what we call agreement with God. Are you listening? Not just in agreement with uh, His promises, His Word, the things that He has declared over us and concerning us as His children, not just in agreement with those things. Are you listening? But we need to stay in agreement with His plans, His purposes, His divine intentions, the things perhaps that you've laid hold of with your faith or that He's placed on the inside of you to accomplish or to achieve or to do. And you must be determined in life to never give up, keep moving forward, and stay in agreement with Him. Are you listening? Now, one of the major ways that you and I can stay in agreement with God, I didn't say the only one, but I said a major way that you and I can stay in agreement with God all along our journey, not only concerning His promises and and the declarations uh, uh, He has spoken over us as His children, but also staying in agreement with His path and His plan. One way is with our mouths. I didn't say the only way. But I said one significant way. You say, now why would you say your mouth? Because friends, when I say our mouth, I mean specifically our words. And how many of you know that our mouths, our words, have tremendous impact on our minds, our hearts, our wills, our self-determination in life, right? So believing the right things about ourselves, about God, about His plan, and declaring the right things are both significant in bringing that into fruition. Now, you know, as I said, perhaps you're you're here this morning and you desire to look forward to the future with a sense of expectation, but maybe there is, uh, you're carrying this underlying sense of disappointment. 
because of a past or a present situation. Maybe, uh, you know, there's a lack of confidence that things will ever actually improve in your life, your situation, uh, or your circumstance. Maybe you've had some dreams for a long time. Maybe you've offered some petitions that you've yet to see answered. Right? Or maybe you've had some significant needs that have yet to be met. May I encourage you this morning by the Spirit of God? Hold on. Stand fast. Refuse to give up. Because sometimes things are in what we call the womb of faith for a long time. Just like a a, a baby develops. Sometimes they're in the womb of faith for quite a long time before delivery time arrives. But we have to what? We have to purpose to stay steady, stay strong, refuse to give up because delivery time will come. Are you with me? So, I want to talk to you about that this morning. Mark eleven twenty three, very familiar passage of Scripture to everyone in this church. These are the words of Jesus, and I want you to notice. He said, Assuredly, I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed, be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that the things that he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Friends, that is an amazing, almost unbelievable passage of Scripture. (laughs) I don't think many Christians do believe it. Because if they did believe it, we'd be paying a lot closer attention to what we're saying. But Jesus said what a man or a woman will believe in their heart based upon the promise, purpose, and uh, provisions of God, and declare with their mouth, it has the absolute potential to become natural reality. These are not my words. They're not your pastors. They're not your fellow believers. These are Jesus' words. We call this, in the laws of faith, the command of faith. The command of faith. Where simply the command of faith is the releasing of supernatural power through the spoken word with the expectation of changing, altering, or removing, if necessary, the mountain, the situation, the circumstance that is confronting us. That's what we call the command of faith, the releasing of supernatural power through the spoken word with the expectation of changing, altering, or removing the mountain situation or circumstance we're facing. But what I want to emphasize this morning is this principle, not as a specific event, but rather adopting this principle as a lifestyle, believing in the heart and declaring with the mouth. How many of you know, and I know you do, that our words are extremely powerful, right? You and I are what? Spirit beings. We are not physiological beings. We live in a physical body, but we are eternal spirit beings housed in a physiological body created in the image of God. And because of that, our words are of a spiritual nature and origin, and they carry tremendous impact in both the seen and the unseen realms. Notice in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, 
Hebrews 11 and 3. Notice the scripture says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by what? By the word of God. So that the things which are visible, excuse me, the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So what does that tell us? That tells us everything in this physiological, tangible, natural world was created by and is sustained by an unseen, intangible world or realm. Second Corinthians 4.18, notice what Paul said. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So what does that tell us? Looking at both of these scriptures, what do we see? We see that the natural is subject to the spiritual. The temporal is subject to the eternal because the spiritual and the eternal were first. So our words being of a spiritual nature and origin, once again, carry tremendous impact in both the seen and the unseen realms. Uh, I, I know that, that you guys are well taught and you understand that our words are containers. They carry substance, just like this plastic bottle is carrying the substance of water. Words are containers. Every time they're spoken, they're releasing substance. Now, they can carry life, joy, peace, encouragement, faith, positivism, right? <laughs> Love. Or they can carry death, hatred, fear, discouragement. That's why the scripture tells us in Proverbs 18 and 21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof or will eat its fruit. Now, the Message Bible really brings it home. Words are containers. Watch this. The Message Bible said words kill. Words give life. They are either poison or they're fruit. And guess what? You choose. Right? So, I don't think many Christians realize this important reality. That most often, a person will never rise above the level of their confession. Our words tend to dominate our lives. We say, a person most often will rise or fall to the level of their confession. Now, why would that be true? Well, not only are those words impacting the seen and unseen realm, but I think equally, if not uh, uh, even more so, those words are impacting our minds. As a person, our hearts, our will, once again, our self-determination in life. And so uh, we need to be uh, cognizant and aware uh, of this reality. People say to me, oh, Brother Marty, come on, that's a bunch of uh, legalism. Don't say this, don't say that. Is there really a scriptural precedent for what you're teaching? Absolutely, friends. 
And one significant one, and and uh, don't put the scripture up yet, but I want to talk to you about Numbers 13, uh, just to give you a little history. You remember Numbers chapter 13, where God had uh, commissioned the children of Israel now to go into the land of Canaan and to take the land that he'd promised, prepared, right, uh, ordained for them to have. And the time has come, and so Moses chooses 12 spies to go into the land to do what? To gain a strategy whereby they may take the land. How many of you know all the plans and purposes of God demand strategy? I mean, he'll give us wisdom of steps to take and things to implement in bringing those things to pass. But they go in and they spy out the land for 40 days, and then they come back with the report. And here it is. We begin in verse 26 of Numbers 13. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, Hey, we went to the land where you sent us, and truly it flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Its fruit. Now stop right there. Look here. Now they come in. They say, Woohoo! Glory! This is the land God promised. This is what He put in our hearts. Hallelujah! It's awesome! We start off like that sometimes, don't we? We see a promise. We get something in our hearts. We believe God spoke. And man, we are fired up about it. <laughs> Whoa! But then, unfortunately, they continue. Verse 20, 28. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Stop right there and everybody look here. And then they begin to articulate with all clarity. All the reasons why now, after all these years, and we're standing on the precipice of divine fulfillment in a, an amazing season, why now it's completely impossible. I see no way. I see no avenue. I don't see it coming to pass. I know it was in my heart for so many years, but I don't see any way it can come to pass. That's where they were. Then Caleb quieted the people, verse 30, before Moses and said, Hey, let's go up at once and take possession, or we're well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We're not able to go up against the people. They're stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they'd spied out saying, the land through which we've gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak come from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in theirs. Now, guys, listen. In life, 
on this journey that God has prepared for us, there'll always be two camps or two clubs. There'll be the we can't club and the we can club. And every single one of us have to personally determine in life what club we're going to be a part of. The we cans or the we can'ts. And you know how we determine that? In our minds, our hearts, and our mouths. Are you with me? And notice they said we're like grasshoppers in our own sight. How we see ourselves. What we say to ourselves, whether audibly or inaudibly, about ourselves, about our abilities, about God's ability in us, about our future, about our present situation and the outcome. What we say to ourselves, about ourselves, can have tremendous impact on how things turn out. Notice Numbers 14 and 2. Now, it was just ten of them. Now notice. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. Stop right there. (laughs) Isn't it interesting how the negativity and the doubt and the unbelief of just a few can begin to infiltrate the hearts and the minds and the attitudes of many. All of us need to be very careful what we whisper into the ears of others. Our children, our spouse, our fellow believers. Because negativity has a tendency to spread. And we also need to be very diligent about what we allow others to speak in our own ears. Right? And so now it was ten, now it's everybody. And the whole congregation said to them, (laughs) If only we died in the land of Egypt. If only we died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should become victims? Guys, is this really on the table for discussion right now? God supernaturally brought you out of 400 years of bondage with signs, wonders, and miracles. The day you left, there was not one feeble person among you, silver and gold. You were loaded with it. Right? And now, He's fed you with water from a rock. Or, or given you water from a rock, fed you with manna from heaven, quail from the sky, led you with a, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, and now you're standing here on the precipice of divine fulfillment, a dream that you've had for a long, long time, and you say, we can't. It'll never happen. I don't see any way possible. And you know what, man? We can do that in life. We can look at them and say, good Lord, but how many times God has shown his faithfulness to us year after year. Yeah, we've been through some tough times. Maybe there's some unfulfilled dreams as of yet, but we can look back and we see, oh my goodness, how faithful you have been. And we can forget, right, that faithfulness and we can just get a negative attitude about the future. 
Or we can stay on the winning side. Now listen, God got a little hot, hot about it. You can remember if you read the story, you know, he said, uh, Moses, you and Jay, uh, uh, you and Caleb and Joshua and your families step, step over here. I'm about to make burnt toast of these guys. <laughs> and you know, he interceded and God recanted. Aren't you glad we're in a, in a dispensation of grace? But here's my point. We're talking about the power of our declaration. Did you know that every single one of those individuals, can you turn down the air just a little bit? I'm about to burn up up here. Uh, every, not much, just a little. Every one of those individuals, uh, 20 years old and older from that generation, did you know every single one of them got exactly what they said? They all died in the wilderness. And they never uh, uh, fulfilled the fullness of what God had intended. Are you with me? Why? Because they stopped short. They gave up. <laughs> they sat down and quit because it was a little difficult. And the years passed. Are you with me? But in contrast, two individuals, Joshua and Caleb, Man, they stayed on the winning side. They kept their mouth in line and they boldly declared, if God said it, if God promised it, if God purposed it, if He's placed it on the inside of my heart to accomplish and to achieve, I can do it. We can do it. Are you with me? Anybody with me? <laughs> Man, they kept their mouth in line. They kept their heart in line. And that's what I want to encourage you this morning. Everybody in this room, listen. I mean, we're not saying, you know, there's some grandiose thing all the time. But whatever you've laid hold of with your faith, whatever you may need for your family, whatever you need for your job, whatever the vision is for you personally or corporately, let's stay on the winning side. Let's let our declaration be, yes, we can. Are you with me? Whatever He's put once again in our hearts to do, whatever He's instructed us to do, whatever lands He tells us to possess, whatever's been on the inside of your heart, based upon a promise that you've laid hold of, let your declaration and your attitude be, yes, we can. When God gives direction, when He places a dream in a heart, when He sets forth a purpose to fulfill, he will always grant simultaneously the wisdom, the ability, the resources, the grace to bring that into fruition if you and I will seek Him and believe Him for it. So don't let the devil talk you out of things just because it's been a long time. Anybody listening? Joshua fourteen seven through 12, man, I love Caleb's testimony. Now this guy was a man of faith. Notice his testimony. He said, you know, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Canish Barnea to spy out the land. I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day saying, 
Surely the land where your foot is trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, watch him, the Lord has kept me alive these 45 years ever since the Lord spoke his word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am, 85 years old. Guys, I'm telling you there's something about having the winning attitude in life that will sustain you. You say, well, I'm just too old. Listen, as long as you're on this planet and you're breathing breath, God has a plan and a purpose for your divine existence here. And you're still a contributor. Verse 11, he said, I'm as strong today as I was the day Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so is my strength for war. Going out, coming in, and basically just went on to say, Hey, give me my mountain. Don't you love that? Whoa, that's the, that's the attitude. There were only two individuals and their families from that generation that entered the land of Canaan. Joshua and Caleb. Are you with me? What made the difference? Their attitude and their declaration. And their attitude and their declaration were based upon their faith in God. And His ability to do what He promised He would do. And also in His ability to enable them to do what He told them to do. Can I encourage everybody in this room this morning... Embrace God's promises. Embrace His plans and His purposes for you personally and corporately. And listen, re-embrace if necessary. Maybe you've let some things go because of the time and the years and the disappointment. Re-embrace it. Woo! And boldly declare, we can do it. Are you with me? It will come to pass. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If God said it belongs to us, then it does. And I refuse to do without it. Woo! Let's not talk failure. Let's not talk defeat. Right? Sometimes people think, well, you know, I took some wrong turns. I've made some mistakes. I'm not sure if I can, you know, regain that. Listen, you've heard me tell this story before. I I travel extensively, you know, and I use the what you call the GPS system on the on the phone, you know. And when you get out of the airplane and you get in your rental car, you put in the destination, the address. It devises a route. And so you follow it. Most often it's the woman's voice because they're better with directions. Right. And so. You know, she'll say, turn left, take the motorway, five miles, so and so. Well, sometimes I'm in these large cities, L.A., New York, and so forth. And, you know, there's a lot of traffic. Well, there's a lot of traffic in Philadelphia, too. But, you know, a lot of traffic. And so sometimes I know I've got to make a turn, but I'm unable to because of the traffic, and nobody will let you in. I've learned not to put your blinker on, just take it, right? But, you know, sometimes I miss the turn. And she'll say the most interesting things. She'll say, one moment, please rerouting and she'll give me an alternate route to get back onto the original route so i can actually come to the destination how many of you know god's more merciful than a gps system 
Okay, so maybe we took some wrong turns, had some bad experiences. You just say, Lord, I want your best, your plan, your purpose from this point forward. And the Holy Ghost will say, one moment, please, rerouting. And I mean, he can get us back on and your end can be beautiful. Amen. Don't take no for an answer. But let's not talk failure. Let's not talk defeat. Let's not admit for a moment that God isn't big enough, faithful enough uh, to bring us into the fullness of His promises, His plans, His purposes. Let's talk about how big He is. That nothing is impossible with Him. That all things are possible to Him who believes. And I believe if we'll stay on the winning side, we'll see some great results. You know, Christianity is called the Great Confession. There's something extremely important about the way we speak. Brother Hagin used to tell us all the time, he said, you know, I think many Christians are defeated in life because they believe the wrong things and they speak the wrong things. Their words are holding them imprisoned in a place far below God's divine intention. Well, we can understand why that would be true. They're impacting the seen and unseen realm, but they're also impacting our own mentality, our own determination, our own will. Right? Just clarifying that again. Now, as we close this morning, there's a spiritual principle set forth in Romans 4 and 17. Such a beautiful picture. Speaking of the way in which the God kind of faith operates and also in relation to walking out the plans and purposes of God and staying steady even if the time has passed. Uh, Romans chapter 4 verse 17 beginning there. Let's read this. God speaking to Abraham. He said, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he has, uh, whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead. And notice, calls things which do not exist as though they did. Who, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. Now, now this is awesome. Notice God said, Abraham, or Abram at that time, I have a plan. I have a purpose for you and for your existence. And he said, what is it I'm going to make of you a great nation? And so I'm making a declaration right now. I have made you a father of many nations. Now, friends, is that past, present, or future tense? I have made you. That's past and present reality. Right? Now, now... I think that's very important to to recognize and to realize that, you know, he's 99 years old, or at this time he's 75 years old. God said, I have made you a father of many nations. Guess what? 24 years pass. 24. He's 99 years old. No son of promise. 
I thought you said. I did. It looked by all natural outward perspectives that the plan, the purpose, and the promise of God was not going to come into fruition. And sometimes when the years or the time or the pressure comes, we tend to just sit down on the inside and give up and just float. But you've got to realize something, guys. God, and I, I'm not a physicist, but I, I, I think this will help explain. God dwells in the realm of eternity. Past, present, and future simultaneously. He is outside of our particular perception or scope of time and space. Sometimes that's difficult for people to realize. And so sometimes what is a future event to us is a present reality to God. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, let's just take a a natural example. Let's say there's an ant crawling across the front of this auditorium. I am outside of that ant's perception of time and space. I'm too big. He can't perceive me. And yet, from my perspective and view, I can see where he's been. I can see where he is. I can see where he's going, all in one scope of vision. Are you with me? So let's say I came out here and I put a nice piece of juicy fruit on his path. I placed it there. Now, he doesn't see it yet. He isn't tasting it. He isn't experiencing it. But if I could communicate to him, I'd say, Mr. Ant, yes, sir. I have given you a piece of fruit. You have? Yes. It's on the path. It's on the journey. But I don't see it. I'm not experiencing it. I know, but I have given you a piece of fruit. It's already done, finished, over. What I need you to do is to trust me. Stay in agreement with me. Keep moving forward. And you will intersect it. Because I've already done it. And that's the way it is many times with the promises, the plans, and the purposes of God. They're already accomplished. Right? But we can get a little discouraged on the path. When we have some setbacks or disappointments. Or we haven't seen it. God said, hey! Have the can-do attitude. Stay on the winning side. Keep moving forward. Trust me. Everything you need, everything I promised, it's on the path. I've prepared it. Stay in agreement. Declare it to be so. And you will come into union with it, so to speak. Are you with me? Does that make sense? So, Man, this morning, let's stand up on the inside. No, no. Stand up on the inside again. Right? Because it just seems like some people have sat down on the inside. Stand up on the inside. We sang about it. You know who you are. You know the team you're on. You're on the winning side. Unless it be of the same faith as Abraham. What was that faith? He believed God's word. He embraced it as a present reality, although he had not yet seen it or experienced it. 
He refused to consider the opposing circumstances and he gave glory to God being fully persuaded that what God had promised, planned, and purposed, it was absolutely going to come to pass. So, what is the Holy Ghost saying to us this morning? Once again in review, you know, teachers like to be repetitive because it sticks with you. Let's stay in agreement with God. In the coming months, in the coming years, let's don't sit down, let's don't coast, let's stay in agreement with God, let's stay on the winning side, let's boldly declare if God has spoken it, if He's planned it, purposed it, or promised it, we can do it. And our declaration is, personally, yes I can. And yes, I will, Father. And corporately, what is our declaration? Yes, we can. And yes, we will. Everybody say, yes, we can. Yes, we will. Whoa! That's the winning attitude. And there's plenty of things in this life, when you walk out of this room today, and you go to work tomorrow, you face tomorrow, there's so much negativity in the world right now, trying to talk you out of everything. What are we going to do? We're staying on the winning side. We've got a can-do attitude. That's the spirit of faith. You know, the word of the Lord comes to me many times, personally in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, sometimes in corporate settings. But the word of the Lord came to me uh, in the not-too-distant past. But I want, It's a psalm, but it's coming up, and I want to share it with you. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Now is not the time. To draw back. To relinquish your position of confidence. Or to let go of the things that you've asked me for. Or to abandon that which I have placed in your heart. To accomplish, to fulfill, or to do. But now is the time, saith God, to stand strong in your faith. Refuse to let go. Stay in agreement with me, saith God, and declare it so. It will all come to pass. <laughs> yes, we can, Lord. Yes, we will. All that you have promised, purposed, planned, and predetermined, it will be accomplished and it will be fulfilled. Can you say amen? Oh, hallelujah. Man, I just take that personally and corporately. Everybody stand up this morning. Say, I'm on the winning side. Yes, I can. Yes, I will. We're going to sing a track here. And we're going to make this our declaration together personally. This song is called, It's Coming to Pass. Now, if you've got some personal petitions, some personal needs, some things corporately that you're believing God for, I want us to sing this. And I want us to sing it as a declaration. Are you ready? All right. Go ahead and crank it up, Pastor. Come on, bring it up. Bring it up. Can you give me more track? Whoa! More track. More track. Maybe on your phone or whatever. Hey! little more track. If you can give it to me, I'll take it. Here we go now. Got to get a little swag here. Are you ready? Hey, it's coming, coming, coming to pass. I know it's coming, coming, coming to pass on the track. 
Hey, everything that is said, every way I've been led, you know it's coming, coming, coming to pass. Whoa! Come on. Little less coming. That's good though. That's getting there. Yeah, you got it. I know it's coming, coming, coming to pass. Hey, everything that is said, every way I've been led, don't you know it's coming, coming, coming. You know why? Listen, come on. God's not a man that he should lie. Whoa! He is the way, the truth, the life. And if he said it would be, it is something I'll see. You know it's coming, coming, coming to pass. Come on, let's say it. Hey, it's coming, coming, coming to pass. Make your own declaration. Coming, coming, coming to pass. What? Everything that he said, every way I've been led, don't you know it's coming? Coming, coming to pass. You know why? God's not a man that he should lie. Whoa! Hey! He is the way, the truth, the lie. And if he said it would be, it is something I'll see. You know it's coming, coming, coming to pass. I think somebody ought to shout a little bit in here. If you believe it, you get a little excited about it. A little happy about it. Hey! hey. <laughs> Everybody put a smile on your face. You know why? Because it's coming to pass. Hey! Well, it's coming, coming, coming to pass. I believe it's coming, coming, coming to pass. You know what? Everything that he said... Every way I've been led, I believe it's coming, coming, coming to pass. Here's why. God's not a man that he should lie. Whoa! He is the way, the truth, the life. And if he said it would be, it is something I'll see. You know it's coming, coming, coming to pass. Hey! It's coming, coming, coming to pass. I'm declaring. Oh, it's coming, coming, coming to pass. Hey, everything that is said, every way I've been led, I believe it's coming, coming, coming to pass. Everything that is said, every way I've been led, don't you know it's coming, coming, Turn to your neighbor and say, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Hey. Oh, yeah. Hey. Whoa. I know it's coming to pass. And we're not going to take no for an answer, are we? Whoa. Glory to God. Man, I tell you, when you get up tomorrow morning, just say, I'm on the winning side. And if we'll keep that attitude and declaration, I'm telling you, bless God, it's reality. We are on the winning side. (laughs) 
And it's awesome. I love you guys. I always love coming here. Love your pastors. Love you. You're like family to me. And uh, we appreciate you being here in the services. And I hope to see you again soon. Pastor, I'm going to turn it back to you. You want this microphone since it's nice and hot? I like this one because you can hear me. Right? All right. Praise God.